Uh, students, go ahead, get your cell phones out. You can do it. <coughs> Pull the cell phones out, and I want you to open up a text message and send a text message to mom. All right? Send a text message to mom. And if you don't have a phone or if your mom doesn't have a phone, that's okay. We're going to write letters later, maybe in life groups. But get your phone out, and this is what I want you to text to your mom. Text your mom and tell her that you love her, and text her and let her know that you just spent time praying for her, right? That you love her and that you are praying for her. And I think that it would be a big encouragement for your mom to get that. One, that you love her. You probably told her that already. You probably told her Happy Mother's Day already. But I think that it would mean a lot if you were to let her know this morning that you spent time praying for her. So, Mom, I love you. Mom, I'm praying for you. However you want to type that out, whatever little emojis you want to put in there, whatever with it, go ahead and do it. Get it to Mom. And once you've hit send, hold your phone up and let me know that you've already hit send. Right? Gatlin, did you send that to your mom? Hold that up. Let me know. Send that to your mom. I'm going to ask her if she got it. Hold it up once you've hit send. I want to know that it's there. Good. That's good. 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 See? Okay. You sent it to your mom. That's great. Good. Very nice. Anybody else? Paul, you got it done? Good. All right. Here we go. Good. All right. Now, do me a favor. You guys have sent that to your mom. That's been plenty of time, I think, to type something out and hit send to her. Now, go ahead and, and turn it back on airplane mode on silence and put it in your pocket. Put it in your purse, put it wherever it is you keep it, put it under your chair, whatever, um, and, and let's get it out of the way, let's eliminate distractions, and we're going to open up God's Word this morning. Alec has actually said that he's going to be walking around the room, and if he sees it, he's just going to smack it, right, like Clint Capello when somebody's taking he's just going to smack it, knock it out of your hands. So be ready, Alec is walking around, but wanted to take that time to make sure that all of us are encouraging our moms today on Mother's Day. If you've got a Bible, open up to the book of Genesis, it's in the first it is the first book of the Bible. We're going to be in the first couple of, of chapters. And as you're turning, um, I, I came across a test this week on how to know if you're ready to be a mom. We take our three kids places all the time. And every now and then they're all wearing clothes. And every now and then they've all got their hair combed or something. And it's in those times that somebody walks up and says, oh, they're so cute, I can't wait to have kids. And a lot of times the people that say that are like 16 or 17 or 18, and I'm like, no, you're not. You're not ready. You're not ready to have kids. But if you're thinking, hey, maybe, you know, in the future soon, I want to have some kids. I, I ran across this test that says whether or not you're ready to be a mother. And there's three, three or four things on this test. So if you're thinking maybe one day, well, <clears throat> when these things are all true, you'll know that you're ready, right? The first is the grocery store test. This is how you know if you're ready, right? You've got to borrow one or two small animals, right? Preferably goats. Um, those are the best to, to make it more like kids. And you've got to take them with you when you shop at the grocery store. You can't use a leash. That's cheating. You can't use a, any kind of rope or anything. You've got to keep the goats with you at all times. You've got to watch them. You've got to keep them in line on the same aisles. And anything they eat, anything they break, you've got to pay for in the store. And anything, any kind of mess they make all over the floor you've got to go clean up. And if you can handle shopping like that, then that's one of the things that you've got to be able to do in order to be a mom, right? Grocery store test. The second is this. It's the dressing test. And you might think, I know how to get dressed. Well, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about dressing somebody else, right? You've got to get one large, unhappy, and live octopus, right? You've got to get a live octopus, and you'll know that it's unhappy because it gets bright red. They get really, really red when they're mad. So get a mad one, get a red one, and you've got to stuff that octopus into a bag, all of the arms in there. You can't let them out. If you can do that and, and make it happen, then you might be ready to be a mom. And the last one, and this is, is true at our house um, recently, you've got to get a large plastic milk jug, right? Get all the milk out 
and then put sand in it about a third of the way up so there's some weight to it. You hang it from the ceiling and then push it. So get it in your head. Now this milk jug is swaying back and forth from the ceiling. And then you've got to get some oatmeal, right, and a little tiny spoon. And you've got to get the oatmeal into the opening of the jug as it's swinging from the ceiling. But you can't just put it in there. You've got to do it pretending that your spoon is an airplane, making the noises to get it into the the jug. And if you can do that, then maybe you're ready to be a mom. And the last is the wake-up test. If you're ready to wake up anytime and just start the day, then, then, then you're ready. The other day, it was Friday morning or Saturday morning, I can't remember which one it was, but I opened my eyes and my four-year-old is sitting on me. I was like, where did you come from? And he's like, I came from my bed. It's like, what are you doing in my bed? And he goes, I'm ready to start the day. And because he was ready to start the day, all of our days were magically started right then. So if you're ready to wake up at any point, any time, then maybe you're ready to be a mom, and, and uh, as I think about these things, and see, listen, I don't go to the grocery store with, with our kids. Um, Chelsea is in charge of, of feeding the kids. Chelsea gets the kids dressed. If you see them in things that don't go together, that's me. If you see them looking right, then that, that's Chelsea. Um, that's just sort of how, how it goes and how it works. And, and I've, I have learned over the years that I don't, have, I don't have what it takes to be a mom. But I do know that I've got an incredible mom, and I do know that I'm married to a lady that, that is an incredible mom, and I think all the time about where I would be without those two, and I can tell you that I, I wouldn't be here, uh, and, and I wouldn't be, be doing the different things that, that God has called me to do. God's put two incredible people in my life, um, and it, it's just incredible to think about. It's incredible to see, and this morning, we're going to look at God's Word to see what God's Word has to say about moms and how we can learn and apply those specific things to our lives as well. So hopefully by this time you're in Genesis. It shouldn't have taken you that long to find it because it's, it's the very first book of the Bible. But look at chapter 3 and verse 20, right? Genesis chapter 3, verse 20. We see something profound here. <clears throat> it says this, the man, that's Adam, called his wife's name, what he named his wife? Anybody know? Eve. Y'all know what that means? It says called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living, we see it up there, but, but that Hebrew word for Eve right there that, that Adam called her, it means or it sounds very similar to the Hebrew word of life giver. And the way that it's written out, it looks almost exactly like the Hebrew word for living, right? Life giver and living. So when Adam called his wife Eve, he didn't do it just because he liked the name Eve, right? A lot of times we name our kids a certain things because we like the way that it sounds or we like the, the monogram and how it's all laid out, that kind of thing. No, Adam named his wife Eve, and it's very specific, life giver, living, the mother of all living. And, and that's what she was. Man, Eve was, was the first, right? Think about Eve. Eve was, was the first woman on earth. She was the first wife on earth. She was the first mother on earth. And for her, that meant that, that she couldn't, couldn't model herself as a mother after anybody else. There was no mother that came before her. There was no mother to call when she had little babies to say, hey, mom, is this normal? Does this look right? Is this, is this how this is supposed to be? Right? There, there wasn't anyone for her to learn from, to tell her what to do and what not to do. So this morning, we're going to look at her life. We're going to look at how God loved her, how God nurtured her, how God invested and poured into her, and the difference that that made in her life. And we're going to see that in the first three to four chapters of the book of Genesis. But before we do, right, I, w- I want to address something else that happens at the beginning of Genesis. Think for a second 
What happens, guys, in Genesis chapter 1? This is not a trick question. This is very easy. We all know this. In Genesis chapter 1, what happens? What? God created everything. The creation account is in Genesis chapter 1. And wrapped up in creation, we see God creating everything, including Adam and Eve. Right? It's all wrapped up. And, that, and so here's it. I just want to address this and remind us, a lot of times there, there are different writers and different things, different articles, things, especially nowadays, that are coming out that talk about the beginning of the Bible, the creation account being a myth, right? being a fairy tale, being something that didn't really happen. Really, we evolved from something else, and what happened in the beginning of the Bible is just a poem about things that maybe that could have happened but aren't really true. Guys, that, that's not correct. All right, that is not correct. The first three chapters of Genesis, all of, of the Bible, but these first three chapters where we're learning about this creation kind of things, guys, that's real. Right? That, that's, that's a reality. That's history. These are things that happen to real people just like me and you. Real situations, real experiences, real interactions with God that these real people had on earth. If Adam is a myth, like going with the, what some of these people think, if Adam is a myth, then Jesus is also a myth by that logic. In the book of Luke, Luke reminds us that Adam was a son of God. And the first man that Christ came from, Luke builds his case. He builds his genealogy for Christ going all the way back to Adam. So going with other people's logic, how could the real son of God come from a mythical person? Well, the answer is he, he simply couldn't, right? He couldn't. Genesis is history. Adam and Eve are real people. Eve's sons are real people. The people that descended from them are real people. And we see that in God's Word. So as you're looking at Genesis this morning, right? remember these are real people. Eve was a real mom. Real things happen. And we can learn a lot about God from their real life. Go to Genesis chapter 1. Right? The first point I want to make this morning is this, guys. Is Eve was created to be in a relationship with God, right? Eve was created to be in a relationship with God. If you've got those journals we gave out a few weeks ago, begin starting to, to write things down. If you didn't bring it today, bring it next week and write these things down as you learn God's Word, and it sticks a little bit better if we're interacting with it that way. But Eve was created to be in a relationship with God. Genesis 1.27 says this, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, God created him, male and female, he created them. Guys, you and I were created in the image of God to be in a relationship with God, right? We were created in the image of God to know God, in the image of God to fellowship with God, in the image of God to have community with God the Father. Adam and Eve had that, right? Eve had that as the first woman on earth, right? We see in Genesis chapter 3, verse 8, it's a cool concept that, that God was walking in the cool of the garden among Adam and Eve, right? That lets us know that, that they spent time with God. They were in paradise with God before the fall, right? She knew God. She had intimacy with God, perfect fellowship in the Garden of Eden before things went wrong. But I want to point out this, guys. She also knew God after she was separated from God, right? She knew what it was like to be separated, to be out of the garden, and still point her life to God, still lean into God for things. In Genesis chapter 4, verse 25, we see this is after Cain and Abel, that Eve has another son. Bonus points for anybody that knows the name. 
That's what I'm talking about. Very nice. So Eve has another son named, say it louder for us, Seth. Seth, right? Eve has Seth. And when Eve has Seth, there's not just mention that Eve has Seth. We see in Genesis chapter 4 that Eve thanks God and gives a sovereign God the credit for the son that he has brought to her. We see very, very clearly that, that Eve is in this relationship with God. She's created to know God, created to be in a relationship with God. And the incredible thing that I love about that is this. Guys, it didn't stop with Adam and Eve, right? The first two people aren't the only people that were created to be in a relationship with God. Today, guys, we're created to be in a relationship with God. God John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he, that he what? Did he say it louder? That he gave who did he give? His one and only son that whoever believes in him, oh, don't read it off the screen, that's cheating. Whoever believes in him won't perish but have eternal life. That life is fellowship, it's relationship with God. Guys, God sent Jesus so that we could be in relationship with him. In 1 Peter 3.18 it says that Christ suffered, that Christ died on the cross. Everything that Christ did was so that he might bring us to God, right? Eve was created to be in a relationship with God. Moms, you were created to be in a relationship with God. Your kids were created to be in a relationship with God. So this morning, I want to encourage you, moms, look to God, right? For everything, look to God in everything. Let your life be wrapped up in your relationship with Jesus Christ, wherever God has you, whatever God's called you to do, wherever God has positioned you, know, know that that should be flowing from your relationship with Jesus Christ. And the same is true for the rest of us, right? Not, not just our moms, but for each and every one of us, guys, that we were created to be in a relationship with God. So let me just encourage you this morning, right? If you're in a relationship with God, you are doing what you were created to do. You are doing what you were designed to do. Guys, God calls us to himself. And this morning, if you would think, man, I, I don't know God. I'm not in a relationship with God. I want to learn more about this God that loves me enough that he was in his son, that if I could believe in him, I could have life. If you want to know more, guys, this morning, right, don't let Mother's Day pass without getting things right with your heavenly Father. And if you're there, guys, I want to encourage, encourage you to encourage others to pursue their relationship with Christ. And one of those people is your mom. Students, encourage your mom in her relationship with Christ. Pray for her like you did this morning. Love on her like you, I'm sure, did this morning and you're going to do this afternoon. Give your mom time to pursue Jesus. I mentioned the other day that, that Caleb's on our bed bright and early in the morning. He, he just came in and interrupted things that were going on. Give your mom space every now and then. Encourage her to spend time in the Word. Start spiritual conversations in your home. Do things that will encourage your mom to lean in to her relationship with Jesus. We know that she was created to be in a relationship with God, just like each and every one of us. In Genesis, we also see this, guys, that Eve was cared for by God. Right? Think about that. God didn't just create Eve. God cared deeply for Eve, and, and God did things to show us how much he cared for Eve. Remember, guys, Eve wasn't perfect. Right? Eve, Eve was loved by God. She was cared for by God, even though she wasn't perfect. Remember, Eve rejected God. Right? By rejecting his word, by disobeying his word and, and eating the apple that, that she shouldn't have eaten. But still in that moment, God pursued her, God loved her, and God cared for her. Look in Genesis chapter 3. 
Again, there's a couple verses I want, I want to point you to as we look at Eve's life and God's relationship with her. In verse 9, we see after, after they had done what they should not have done, after they sinned, God pursues them. In verse 9, God is walking through the garden, calling out to them, pursuing them, pursuing relationship with them, wanting to draw them in to himself. And then in verse 21, we see that before they're removed from the garden, that, that God created clothes for Adam and for Eve. In the midst of their sin, God still reached down and cared for them and provided and met a real need for them in the midst of their sin. So this morning, moms, remember that God cares for you. He cares for you. I know it's easy to feel isolated. Sometimes it's easy to feel by yourself. Sometimes it's easy to feel like you're alone in whatever it is that's going on. It's, it's easy to feel like you're the one that, that has to hold everything together. Just take a moment this morning and be encouraged and remember that, that God cares for you. In the midst of your situation right now, in the midst of what, whatever it is that's going on, God cares for you. Philippians 4.19, Paul writes to the church there that God will meet all of our needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Moms, God cares for you, and he's told us that he'll meet our needs through the glory of Christ Jesus. In 1 Peter, we see that, that we're to cast all of our anxieties on God. Why? Because he cares for you. Moms, God cares for you. Be encouraged with that this morning. Students, we know that God loves and that God cares for our moms. And the same way that God cares for our moms, guys, we should care for our moms. We should do things to let our moms know that we care. We should love them in a way that that's more than just a feeling, right, that turns into an action where we're providing care for them. Think about your mom for a minute. Right When we did prayer time earlier, I asked you guys to specifically think about something going on in their life that you could pray about, that you could pray for them about, something you know they're faced with, something you know they're challenged by right now. Now think about how you could put that to action and do something for them. Think about how you could step out and help them with something. Students, care for your moms. Right? Not just today, because it's Mother's Day, but care for your moms. Think about things that you can do for her. Think about ways that you can serve your moms without being asked. All right? I'm sure that, that we all do a lot for our moms because we're asked to do things without being asked. Serve your moms. Step up and help them out. God cares for our moms. We need to care for our moms as well. The third thing we see in Genesis about Eve and her relationship to God and as a mother is this guy of Eve was vital to her family, right? Eve was vital to her family. Here's three verses from Genesis chapter 1, and then 2, and then 3 about that. Genesis chapter 1, 28 says, God blessed them, that's Adam and Eve, and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Without Eve, right, there's no kids, there's no babies. Without moms, guess what? We're not here, Right? We're not here. They're vital to family, right? They've got to be there. Uh, chapter 2, verse 24, a man will leave his father and his mother, hold fast to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. That's God's design, that a mom and a dad will come together, and from that, the family will be born. And then we saw at the very beginning, chapter 3, verse 20, the man called his wife's name Eve because she was the 
mother of all living. You guys got it. Did you have your Bible out or you just got it? I'm impressed. She was the mother of all living. Guys, listen, without moms, there's no family, right? It, it's, it's biology. It just doesn't work. Without the mom, the, the family doesn't come together. And, and guys, that's God's design. And as we open up Scripture and begin to read through it, we see that moms are so much more than, than the biological aspect of family, that God has a profound and intricate role for our mothers in the sake of our family. They're to teach our family, to point our families to Christ, to hold our family together, unified under the teachings of Jesus that are found in Scripture. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 8, Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Our mother should teach us about God. Deuteronomy chapter 6, you shall teach, this is the words of God, the words of God, you shall teach them diligently to your children, talking to parents. You shall talk about them in your house when you walk, when you lie down, and when you rise. Listen, guys, your moms have been called by God to teach you the commandments and the words of God. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, Paul is writing to Timothy. And he's encouraging Timothy, and he's thankful for Timothy, and he's thinking back to the testimony and to the life of Timothy. And look what it says. It says, I'm reminded of your, that's Timothy's, sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in his grandmother, Lois, and then in his mother, Eunice, and now I'm sure dwells in you as well. Listen, his faith history, like his faith family tree, his faith generosity flowed through the women in his family as they raised him and as they taught him what it means to love and to follow after God. His, his dad is clearly left out of that picture. There wasn't a dad there to step in and to fill that role when it came to the, the teachings of, of Christ. His dad believed a different way. God used his mom and God used his grandmother to profoundly impact the spiritual development of Timothy and we know that God used Timothy in profound ways in churches all over that part of the world for the spread of the gospel at a very, very pivotal time in the history of the early church. Listen, guys, our moms are vital to our family. Moms, you are vital in your family. I want to encourage you this morning, and in spite of everything else that you've got going on, all the other things that, that you do, all the other ways that you serve and love, your family. Make teaching your kids to love Jesus the very top of that list. Make teaching your kids to, to love Scripture the very, very top of that list. You play a critical role in the faith development of your kids. You play a critical role in shaping their minds and their hearts and how they view and worship and follow after and love Jesus Christ. And, and we do that all the time, right? Not just when we sit down and open God's Word together, but the way we live points them to their Savior. So students, right, as, as our moms point us to Christ, as our moms teach us, what can we do? Guys, we can listen, right? We can listen to them as they teach us about God. Raise your hand if you listen to every word your mom says. For real? I'm going to call your mom later, Cameron, and see if that's, that's true. Listen, guys, one of the best things that we can do is listen to our moms, right? Listen to our moms, we have students that talk to us all the time that'll say different things um, about their moms or their moms aren't listening to them or their moms don't understand them. And every single time, every single time we can talk to them about, hey, listen, your mom loves you. Your mom loves Christ. Everything that she's doing right now is because she loves you and she wants to see you love 
Christ. Guys, listen to your mom. Give her the benefit of the doubt. Trust her. She's been there. She's done that. She knows you, and she knows what you're walking through. Listen to your moms as she points you back to Christ. And then finally, we've got to remember this, right? The last thing, and, and then we'll wrap it up with something. Guys, Eve, Eve was used by God, right? Eve was used by God in a profound way for the glory of God. And moms, God is using you too, right? And God wants to use you and is using you in incredible ways. And you might be thinking, me? God wants to use me? Or, or some of you students might be thinking, my mom? God wants to use my mom? And the answer is yes, right? Remember, Eve wasn't perfect. Just like Adam, she rejected the Word of God. Just like Adam, she was disobedient to the Word of God. She chose her way over God's way, just like each one of us does from time to time, right? But, but she was used by God. Listen, we don't have to be perfect. Moms, you don't have to be the perfect mother to know that you can be used by God. God used Eve in a huge way for the redemption of his people. Look at chapter 3, verse 15 of Genesis and see what, what God said to Eve here. It says this. This is, this is God speaking, right? <clears throat> this is after the fall. It says this. I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and her offspring. Those two things are super important. Between your offspring and her offspring, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Guys, as we read the Bible, right, we're seeing the gospel in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. Right, our first mentions here of the gospel, looking ahead to Jesus. Remember in Luke, I mentioned earlier the genealogy of Luke. Who does that go all the way back to? Well, it goes back to Adam and to Eve. We know that the, the offspring of Adam and Eve that it's referring to here is, is Jesus, Right, And so, so in the midst of this, in the midst of the fall, in the midst of Eve eating the fruit that she wasn't supposed to eat and feeling naked and ashamed before God and knowing that she's going to go out of the garden in a very, very rough time, in a very, very desperate time, in what had to have been a very, very hopeless and uncertain time, God speaking life into Eve saying, I'm still going to use you saying, you're still vital to my mission. You are still super important to my plan to redeem my people and to bring my people back into fellowship and into relationship with me. God speaks life, and God encourages Eve to let her know that she will be used by God in a massive, massive way. So moms, as we read that and think about that, I just want to encourage you this morning. Right? No matter what's gone on in your life, no matter what you're struggling with, no matter what, what's hard, no matter what's difficult, no matter what family circumstances might seem like or be like right now, be encouraged to know that God is using you and that God can continue and will continue to use you. A lot of times it's, it's easy for us to look around and think, man, I, God can't do that on me. God's going to use that person. Or look at, look at this mom. I don't know how she does that. I don't know how she pulls these things together. It's easy for us to compare ourselves to other people, but this morning, as we look and see how, in the midst of this, God spoke life into Eve and said He was going to use Eve. Be encouraged to know that God is using you and students, right? Students, I want to encourage you and remind you that God's using your moms, right? That God is using your moms for His glory. God's using your moms to point and to shepherd your heart to Him. That God's using your moms and, and their communities and their relationships with the people that they're around. That God has big plans for each and every one of them. She's not perfect, right? Just like Eve wasn't perfect. So forgive your mom, love your mom, 
give grace to your mom. There are times where you're going to disagree with your mom, love and submit to your mom anyway. Give your mom grace and know that God's going to use her in big, big ways. Listen, as we look at this, as we look at Eve being the first mom, we, we know that moms are important. We know that, that moms are, are loved by God. They're created by God for a relationship with God. We know that they're cared for and provided for by God. And we know that no matter what's happened in their life, they're used by God ultimately for his purpose, his plan, and his glory. Guys, and as we, we look across all of Scripture, we see the same things are true for each and every one of us. This morning, I want you to remember that you were created by God in the image of God to be in a relationship with God, that you're cared for by God, and that no matter what's happened, no matter what's gone on in your life, God can and will use you for his ultimate glory. Would you bow your heads with me? I want you to take a second. Again, and and first, before we we think about and pray for, for our moms, I just want you to think about yourself. For a second. Think about yourself. Do you know that you're created in the image of God? All right, with your head bowed, with your eyes closed, just knowing that you were created in the image of God brings an incredible amount of, of worth and value to your life. You might be thinking that, that you're nobody. You might be thinking that you're not worth anything. You might be thinking that, that you're not important, that you don't matter. You were created in the image of God. Your life has an unbelievable amount of value, so much so that, that God sent his son Jesus to bring you life. You were created in the image of God, and you were created in that image of God to be in a relationship with God. So this morning, Thank God for the relationship that you have with him. And if you haven't yet trusted Christ, your Lord and Savior, if you haven't yet entered into that relationship that you were created to be in, guys, let this morning be your time. Let today be the day that that you surrender your heart, surrender your life to Christ. Thanks so much for joining us today. We pray that the truth of God's word is both encouraging and uplifting to you. If you'd like more information about our church, service times, or locations, or if you have a question about what you heard today and you want to connect with someone, I want to encourage you to visit us on our website at championforest.org. Have a great day and God bless.